0: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Football Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We are here until noon on fourteen sixty and one oh six point three. BMW of Des Moines Guest List. It's a busy, busy morning in ten minutes. I'm excited for this, Trent, and I'm kind of disappointed. Um I'll blame you. Why are you blaming me? I don't know why I'm blaming you. You don't deserve any of it. No. Uh, but we have, um, for whatever reason, stayed away from having Paul Allen on our show. The main reason is he's on the air in Minneapolis right now, mm-hmm. and we, the, uh, if in order to facilitate him appearing with us, we would have to tape him on Thursday. And I just was hesitant to do so, because if something happens, then you got to scrap the whole piece, mm-hmm. and... I wish we wouldn't. I wouldn't have had that stance because we spoke with him yesterday, and we're going to play it for you in about ten minutes. Uh, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings. I know our, our Vikings coverage has lagged with the Bears, etc., and the Packers, and of course all the Chiefs. But PA uh, coming up here for the first of what I believe will be numerous appearances throughout between now and the
2: end of the season. I'm happy about that. I, I love am PA. too. I do too. Even as somebody that does not like the Vikings, right? I very much enjoy talking to Paul Allen. He is. One of the best. He is. I agree with you. He is at the very top mm-hmm. of the radio play-by-play Do you know, announcers. for
0: my money, why what makes him as good as he is at what he does in football? What is that? Horse racing. Oh, yeah? The, the way he builds to crescendos. Yes. Uh, and if, if you don't know, Paul Lounds, the longtime uh, race caller at Canterbury Park in the Twin Cities. And so you can hear
2: PA every, right most here every Sunday. Yes, on kicks and kicks. on KXNO. As we uh, are the home of the Vikings when the Iowa State women and are And you're the blaming wild. me. No, You're the one that you. scoots out of here right as the show ends. I'm still working. You're right out the door. Well, I'm happy to hang around and talk to Powell on Thursday and I'm glad I,
0: did, I joined you yesterday and did. So that's coming up here in about five minutes or so. Uh, then we'll get into Iowa State and Iowa. Dave Sproul will be first. He'll join us at 1030, helping us out with K-State and Iowa State before we get Tom Kakert. Likewise on uh, Iowa and Purdue. Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football at 1105. Four of you will win or have a... An opportunity rather about 1135 to win barbecue uh, from our friends at Claxon's 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. That'll be 1135 in business, serving barbecue in the Altoona area for 25 years. Our picks before we get out of here at noon. You've got a big one on the bull tonight, mm-hmm. uh, which, um, you know, the, the preeminent, the the rivalry. It's fair to... I mean, there's some really good ones, but, but this are. one's at the top. Baseball-wise, it's,
2: it's Johnston Irving. Absolutely. Football-wise, it's Valley you've Dowling. Told, you've made
0: that very clear over the years, the baseball rivalry. And um, football-wise, it is Valley Dowling. All right, let's 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 do baseball, Trent, because I, you have to help me out with this one. Look, it was a hell of a game. You it was a sore. remarkable game. Just
2: edge of your seat. It was. It's that part of sport that I absolutely love. The intensity, that aura that surrounds mm-hmm. it. Just the, Those feelings that you get. Every single pitch is so important. Mm -hmm. Every decision, every mistake, what makes baseball so great. And that's what made last night absolutely incredible.
0: It it was. I mean, Webb was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Dave Roberts starting with relievers and finishing with a starter. (laughs) I don't get analytics. Here's what I have to ask you, because this is late, Mm -hmm. and I'm struggling. (laughs) And the extracurricular activities are (laughs) fully kicked in at that point, Right. (laughs) So help me out, because I hate analytics. I, I get it. It's part of sports. I don't like it, but um, it's part of sports. This, I don't think, is an analytical move. This is a boneheaded play uh, like I've never seen before, unless there's something I'm missing. So there's one out in the ninth inning, and Justin Turner gets hit. And Lux gets a hit. Mm-hmm. Runners on first and second. Here's Bellinger, who was awful during the regular season. Singles to right. 2-1. Runners on the corners, one out. Chris Taylor, who had hit the ball hard all night. Yes, he had. He's got runners on first and third and one out. And Dave Roberts has him bunt, which was popped up.
2: And almost, I mean, Bellinger could have been yeah, doubled Trent, up You're 100%
0: easily. right. I'm glad you added that to the, uh, to
2: the uh, uh, part of the sentence. Would have been ending over and... What am I missing? I don't get it. set scores another run. Precisely. The difference, and look at any analytics between a one-run lead and a two-run lead, is immense. Get the ball at the outfield. Okay, that, so the, good. Yeah, I, I think the analytics say that was idiotic. Good. Did did they see something? I don't know. I was I was absolutely
0: dumbfounded. Now earlier in the night, I had another occasion of analytics. What what? Okay, it's twenty-eight to twenty. I get that this is a point spread thing, mm-hmm. right? The uh, th- th- I want to say the Patriots every time I think of Brady. He doesn't play for them. It's the Buccaneers and the Eagles, and it's 28-20. to tw- 28, 20. 20,
2: 28,
0: 20. Right, 28-20. Number seven. Mm-hmm. Point spread seven. So what do you do there after you scored your touchdown? You send the kicker on to make a 28-21, or... You go for two at that point. Now, we've seen coaches at the end of the game, mm-hmm. had they got that, you know, got that what would have set up a tying uh, a tie game, go for two. I mean, we saw it uh, in college football last week, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Yep. Why would you go for two in that spot?
2: You go for two there because then you know if you don't get it, you, you have, have to, go to go to two for, two for two. again, Or you could just keep kicking and go to overtime. Right. But you're an underdog. You play you're to home, win though. the game. I
0: guess. But if you, but in the past, that never would have happened. Sure. Yeah. So this is analytics
2: that. Yeah, it, I mean, mm-hmm. an, analytics is a little far. It's math, right? Yes, and the math is. says, and the math says that you have a I better like th- the way it used to be. <laughs> but also remember, the way it used to be was a twenty-yard extra point. Uh huh. That's not the case anymore. No. Extra points are not. No, we the saw sure both boat misses last week. So and you're... I think that also has to okay. play into it. Okay. That it's not the old days, and it's not a gimme extra point. So I'm. One, I was one for one on. You know, being old last night and not understanding. Right. I didn't get going for two
0: at that point, knowing that the point spread was seven, and I didn't bet the game. But I'm guessing there was a whole bunch of people that had the the Buccaneers that are going, what the hell is going on? Kick the point, for God's sake. That was
2: one of the few times I had to bounce back over to the football because I said, what is everybody freaking out about?
0: Oh, it pertains to the points. So I wasn't the only one freaking out. Good. But the Dave Roberts thing just blew me away. So anyways, uh, the game itself was just, it was remarkable. Trent, it was kind of what we hoped for. Now, I was pulling for the Giants. I wanted to... It was such a magical season. Look, we knew the Dodgers were going to be there. Mm-hmm. We thought that the Giants would compete with the uh, Snakes for the bottom of that division. Maybe sprinkle in a little Rockies uh, as a three-way battle for the basement. But they, they got off to a good start and stayed there all season long. Um, I hated to see the way it ended for them. And then the I mean the umpires. I mean, Eddings was awful all night long. All night, yeah. Chris Bryant, he's obviously very well reserved and has a uh, the ability to keep his feelings inside because how do you not explode? I mean, that was just atrocious. He didn't miss one pitch. He missed a handful of pitches in that at bat.
2: This just in, Will Smith has stolen another strike. That, that's
0: incredible.
2: And, and he's, he's not, good, by the way. But he's not one of the best pitch framers in baseball No, either. but he's he a hell of a player. Oh, yeah, he is. But as it pertains to pitch framing, he is above average, yeah. but he's not elite. Oh, he didn't and he, need to be. He was just stealing strikes uh-huh. left and right all night long. You know, I... I complain about the K-Zone box. I don't think it's a great thing for the game. We're on opposite sides of that. Mm-hmm. But last night, whew, you Terrible. didn't need it. You could see yeah. time in and time out now, just I how not
0: I, I don't know how technology, unless you put a chip in a base in the bat, yeah. and I don't want to go that far. Because let's 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 face it, Flores did not go around. Not even close. it was it wasn't close, and for the game to end the way. Look, who knows what would happen? Yeah, he, he might have struck. Get back, Scherzer. He probably yeah would have got right? him out anyway. I mean, Scherzer was unbelievable again, but boy, oh boy, just well, you know, as a sports fan, yeah, you had to feel somewhat. Mm-hmm. Satisfied because it wasn't 7-1. Right. You know, it wasn't a blowout. It was a hell of a game and Webb was phenomenal. And Urius, when he came in after two relievers started it, uh, and I was surprised to see that that's analytics too, I guess, for your, you know, your relief pitchers to come in and start the game, and they were really good. Gradarall was good, Knebel was good. Boy, that uh, that curveball of his is deadly. He had Crawford, and there was that was a big spot early in the baseball game. They had a chance to put a run on the board, and and um, just that big Kniebel, little
2: yeah, yeah, Uncle Charlie just swam the and uh, seating Gradarall out there, former twin. No, oh, yeah. remember who they really wanted in part of that deal? I don't. Urias. Was it really? Boy, he would have looked good in the twin spin mm-hmm. stripes mm-hmm. the Jeez. last two seasons. Had yeah. that guy. He's so good. And he is he's cocky. Mm-hmm. And he's arrogant. And he's just... What a crew of characters, though, the Dodgers have. Yeah. As unlikable because they have all these great players mm-hmm. and they can just spend Keep and spend bad. and spend. Yep. From Max Scherzer to Urias to... Mookie Betts with the big gold chain Dren and Mookie four Betts hits. is
0: unbelievable. He really is.
2: How, if you're a Red Sox fan, oh yeah, you know right. What, how did he
0: get away? It's not Kansas City, right? This isn't a small market. Uh, watch the budget ball club. How do you let that guy go? It's tough to do. Oh, it really is. All right. Again, this was going to be a short segment. Uh, Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings. We have to tape PA uh, in order to have him on. We are going to continue to do this. Oh, periodically throughout the football season, but you Vikings fans have been shortchanged. We'll do this, then go to break, come back with Dave Sproul on Iowa State, Tom Cakert on Iowa. Uh, here's our piece yesterday with Paul Allen. Well, as promised, we're joined by the voice radio voice of the Minnesota Vikings, KFAN middays Days, up in the Twin Cities. He's Paul Allen. PA, it's been too long. How have you been, Trenton Ken Des Moines? Where the hell you been? <laughs> well, we're on at the same time as you. It's t- it's hard to do this.
1: Well, yeah, I understand that and everything, but, I mean, the, the closest I can get to you guys is 90 minutes south to, uh, to, to hit DJ and, you know, like I did yesterday with uh, my son who turned 21, nice. drop some money at a dice table, uh, nice. then drive back and, li- and, uh, and podcast your fantastic show but that's like the closest I've been to you in years.
0: <laughs> it, it is. Uh, although we did kind of cross paths, you know, from a distance as I got back into the race calling fraternity for three days Ooh. this summer, which was Ooh. good to do. And of course we still listen to you a lot on TVG boy. Canterbury gets a lot of coverage on TVGPA. You've got a good relationship with that crew.
1: Yeah. Well, you got a part of it is you got to pay for that relationship. Mm. Um, it, it came back in spades with the off track wagering. I mean, you know, you, you, guys, you, you guys completely recognize Prairie Meadows or Altoona would completely recognize Canterbury's lot in life where, I mean, if we handle two or three million in bets overall, that's big for us, man. You know, it, um, it it's not big for some tracks, but it's big for us. Uh, but, um, you know, back to what I said earlier about making that drive south of the border yesterday because my son turned 21. Yep. I mean, what a wonderful parent I am. Son turns 21. Let's go to DJ and shoot some dice and see
2: what we can do, boy. Top of Iowa. It's a beautiful place here on the right side of the border, PA. But you are back home now, and you're getting ready for another matchup with the Vikings, a team that I like coming into the year. I thought this was going to be a playoff team. Even as a Bears fan, I watch them a lot because my wife's a Vikings fan and basically everybody I grew up with up there in North Iowa. PA, the squad, the frustrations, is it palpable up there just knowing that this team, they just should be better than 2-3. and three.
1: But extremely. I mean, I, I would imagine down there with, with Hawkeyes football, I mean, I know Hawkeyes football is the cat's ass right now, but I mean, like, if they're supposed to be top five in the country and, I don't know, they they squeak by a bad team and people aren't happy, whatever, you know, then fans are going to get super loud because they care about it so much. That That's the case that we're facing right now, you know, and, and honestly, I, I can hear a lot of it, you know, but... It's a loser's lament to a certain extent to say, well, yeah, but that same team, you know, was a 37-yard botched call Mm -hmm. by the announcer and (laughs) right-footed kick by Greg Joseph from beating the Arizona Cardinals, and they're undefeated. So the Vikings, Trent, can be that team, too, and they also can be the team that pushed Cleveland to the wire. Then Cleveland went out and scored 42. That's a really good squad. And then we almost lose to Detroit, so... The the team lacks identity right now, and, and they just have to get the defense and the offense to gel. And when there's unification there, it's going to be a really tough team to beat.
0: Well, and and Kurt Cousins is is certainly, uh, to me, look, I get he gets his detractors, right? That guaranteed contract, and was he worth it, blah, blah, blah. He's earning that contract, PA. The reason they're two, one of the reasons they're two and three is bad luck. It has nothing to do with the quarterback who I think is playing as a very, very high level.
1: Well, the the Cousins guaranteed money piece for three years, That, that ship sailed. Now, if you, you know, if you want to look at the money that he brings in and how it impacts the salary cap, well, that, that, that you know, that could be a fair point, but, but where do you stop? It was kind of like, you know, with, with Kirk not being vaccinated for his personal reasons, um, it, it, if people were killing him into the season, then he kicked ass for three games, and you couldn't find those people with a freaking searchlight. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like during the entire thing, there are other players on the team who are incredibly popular, and they're not vaccinated. And people didn't go after them at all. So it's still, you know, it's still at this stage of a pandemic, out of a pandemic. You guys not calling me for like three years. <laughs> just ever all the weird stuff that's transpired, minds are different now, man. And not only is it a more opportunistic generation and an opportunistic time, but in the age of rage, when, you know, they don't talk loudly, they yell. And, and on the other side of it, when they love, they love effusively. So it's very, a lot of things are very emotional now, and, and I understand it when people get into Kirk, but I've never trusted Kirk Cousins as quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings more than I do now.
2: With that looking to Carolina coming up a basically coin flip game, when you take a look at the number, the Vikings, they don't have running backs right now. Where are we injury-wise with this team? Need to get something going, you'd think there. Where's Dalvin Cook? Then we see Madison came in. He played very well. Now he's on the uh, on the injured list and listed as questionable. If it's not either of those two, who's next?
1: Well, I would bet, and I wouldn't bet a lot. But I mean, if we're putting together a parlay, because Kenny likes parlays, Trent likes teasers. Mm-hmm. If um if we were putting together a parlay, Trent likes two team teasers, ten points uh, each way, where he puts up his one hundred to win somebody else's twenty two. But uh, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, If we were putting a parlay together, I'd parlay Cook and McCaffrey, yes. Uh, The Cook side of it, I think, is a little less decided than the McCaffrey side. Uh, And that all could change, man, because you're dealing with Christian's hamstring and and Dalvin's ankle. Um, I was surprised Dalvin didn't play last game. And it was truly a game-time decision. I was 52% he would play. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if both those guys play. You know, where where I'm starting to cast my gaze the way of Kane Wongu, the, the cyclone, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, he got hurt in the preseason. I mean, they were on him, man, at training camp. I ain't kidding you. There were like three players that I was hearing nothing but big-time stuff about, and he was one of them. So with Kane Wongu, I think that might be after the bye, not sure. When they dust him off, he's unbelievably freaking fast. And those in Ames and, you know, those who like the Cyclones, they know exactly what I'm talking about, but he blew me away at training camp and in those joint practices against Denver. So I'd like to see him relatively soon. Uh, but I, you know what? I'm going to bet Dalvin and McCaffrey both play.
0: What about Michael Pierce, PA, who I think is a difference maker on that defensive line? He's just so big. He does so many things and was off to a pretty good start, at least for my eyeball. What are the chances that Pierce gets back in?
1: Well, it's, um, it, he's very key, you know. And, again, the, the, the key here, Kenny, is um, is we have our bye after this game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then and even though you are two and three, and this is a very winnable game for the Vikings, but it's also losable because we don't have an identity at this moment. Uh, with that said, discretion is the better part of valor with Pierce and Cook. I mean, they're that important to the equation. Uh, so, therefore, with the bye coming up, you know, I – it's very, it's just dicey, man. It's dicey at this stage of the week to, to figure out if those guys are going to play. And the way Armand Watts played last week, I thought he came out of the gate pretty well. Uh, that, that's Pierce backup, but you know, you got to, it, it really is unto the type of team you're playing. Okay. If you're playing Cleveland with Chubb and if you're playing Cincinnati with Mixon or Seattle with Carson, having Pierce against those tough, thick running backs is very important. Now, Swift and and, and Jamal Williams, they weaved on us for a little too many yards. Anthony Barr came back, and I thought he was just okay. So, the run defense, Zimmer keeps telling everybody the run defense is absolutely going to come together. And I believe him because of the way safety Xavier Woods is playing, Barr coming back, Pierce is going to come back eventually, and you got Kendrick. So, the the run defense is going to be fine, man.
2: Final thing from me, PA, and... Just a shocking number that came across my Twitter timeline uh, yesterday. Second-half scoring. The Vikings are 28th in the NFL in second-half scoring, averaging eight points per second-half. Is that a Mm -hmm. coordinator problem? Is there something there? Is it bad luck in a small sample size? What do you equate that to?
1: Well, Trent, you're, you're an elite journalistic mind. And to be an elite journalistic mind, as you've taught me, you also have to give the other side of the story where the Vikings' second half defense is number one in the NFL. Uh-huh. So, it's either one or two. It was two into last week, and I, you know, but then, then we had that weird touchdown on the two-point conversion late that never should have happened. Holy cow. Uh, so, the Vikings are giving up the first or the second uh, least points in the NFL. Now, on the other side of it, it's the A topic for the team right now, in my opinion, because from the second half of the Seattle game, through Stefanski, through the Lions, it's there, there's something has happened, man, where there's a disconnect and it's just become unbelievably conservative in certain facets of the game. Yet against Arizona and to a certain extent against Cincinnati and some plays against Seattle, you know, we saw some greatest show on turf stuff. So, again, it plays into the identity of the team where the identity of the offense is play action off Dalvin, strike with Justin and Adam. The identity of the defense is Daniil sacking you, Harrison hitting you and picking you off, and Patrick Peterson shutting you down. They, they just have to get all of that in unison. And I'm telling you, once they do, they're going to rattle off a bunch of wins because I mean this in my heart, man. I mean, the Vikings, the 2021 Vikings, can beat any team in the National Football League anytime. But they also can lose to the Lions anytime. And that's a problem.
0: Hmm. Give us your uh, – I know you haven't seen the Bears or the Packers, but um, I'm sure you've watched you some mean? of – well, I mean, in person this year, uh, you you haven't seen them. Uh, your your thoughts on the division overall, P.A.?
1: I'm an elite football mind. I mean, have you guys forgotten that over no. the last half decade <laughs> since you last called me? Holy cow, I almost sent you $1,000 just to call me. <laughs> um, uh, well, it's uh, in the business. Uh, Soldier Field is known as uh, Aaron Rodgers' home away from home. Sorry about that, uh, Trent. Yeah. I can't see the Bears winning the game. Now, I can see them covering the point spread. But when it comes to actually winning the game, it would be too grandstand-like to, like, pound my fist down and say Fields is going to win the game. Um, Green Bay's defense, without Zedarius Smith and Jair Alexander, yeah. it's going to get worse week by week. So if the Bears win, I ain't going to be surprised, and I like that win against the Raiders. But you couldn't have caught a team at a better time than when they caught the Raiders with all this crude and stuff. Um, so I think it'll be close. I'm not saying the Packers will cover, but they'll win.
0: Vegas in your future next week during the bye? Uh,
1: no, no. You know what? I have not been to Las Vegas since pre pandemic. And it's not that it's not that I've lost my it's not that I've lost my vigor for going there or wanting to chill or anything. I'm just doing different things, man. Um, you know, I, I have a podcast I started this week called Faith and Goal. Uh, it's on the free iHeartRadio app. It's on my show page, KFAN.com, Paul Allen show page. It's a 25-minute interview with Kirk Cousins, hopefully people like. So I'm just uh, branching out, doing some different things. And this Faith and Gold podcast is very important to me. It's the first podcast I've ever done, so I put a lot of time into that.
0: Yeah, I saw that, P.A. Good uh, good for you. Happy for your success, as always. Hey, good to catch up with you. Let's do it again
1: at some point. Boys, call any time, okay? I mean... You don't have to look for nickels and dimes between couch cushions for the announcer anymore. Post-pandemic, it's all free.
0: Love it. We'll be in touch. Thank you, Paul Allen. Appreciate you doing this for us. Later, boys. Good to talk to you. Paul Allen, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll have him more often. I love PA. He's a terrific man. He's a, he's a good person. He really and truly is a good person.
2: And I only know him as a broadcaster mm-hmm. in our conversations throughout the years, but were the things that I say. I'm not a Vikings fan at all. But for my money, listening to him call a game that I really don't care about ultimately. right? Week one, I was in the car against the Bengals, and listening to his call is as good as you're going to yep. find. Yep, And it's not just hometown. One of my favorite calls ever is, I can't remember who the kicker was, but missed a couple of kicks. This was probably, what, 15, 18 years ago, and he just hollers, Get the hell out of here. Well, I like the fact that he was willing
0: to throw himself under the bus. I mean, yes, that does yeah. a miss field goal. He just sent me a text. Let's do this more often. I mean that. That's yeah. awesome. Anytime. Every other Thursday. If, I, I'm good. Tape if you'd like. He's a good man. Uh, yeah. Very kind soul. We will come back. Uh, let's get into the Hawks and the Clones. Sproul and Caker coming up. Uh, We're here until noon on 1460 KX and 106.3
2: Started today. <clears throat>
0: Back Miller and Condon. We're live on 1460KX and owned 106.3 FM. Just past 1030. Tom Cakert coming up in 15 minutes or thereabouts right now. Dave Sprow, K A S I 1430 on the AM dial. That's where the Cyclones play in Story County. And the little cyclones tonight have Lincoln the Rails and Ames. Playoff game, Dave Sprow. Winner probably in loser, maybe not. Yeah, something like
3: that. Uh, Ames is 15th in the RPI this week, and Des Moines Lincoln is 16th. And the top 16 teams qualify for the postseason. So, yeah, this one's kind of important.
0: Well, indeed it is. So is Iowa State's game against K-State. That coming up in a moment. Uh, Let's go to earlier in the week, uh, uh, Iowa State uh, Basketball Media Day. Uh, Your takeaway from listening to Coach Otzelberger, uh, he's not going to address the Foster thing. He wasn't expected to do so. Uh, Got as close as he could. Uh, But what was your takeaway? Sounds
3: like there's still a lot of moving parts, and that's probably to be expected considering the first game is still a few weeks away, and there's so many new faces. It sounds like everybody gets along pretty well, not just from visiting with Coach Otzelberger, but talking to some of the guys there on the team. They really feel there's a good chemistry there, and there's some versatility, so I think that plays a role, in you know why. Uh, you probably couldn't really pin down at starting five right now, although George Connett at center and Tyrese Hunter at guard probably are pretty safe bets. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just a, a matter now of just getting everything sorted out, putting the guys in the right places to succeed. And I think TJ is probably going to use every minute of every practice uh, and run right it to the opening tip of the season to try to figure that all out.
2: What's a realistic expectation for this team coming into the year? Fighting you See for, where they were picked, by the way? The yeah. And last. 0 oh, 18 is going to do that. Well, okay. That's, uh, that's It's tough for people outside of Iowa to maybe see what they're trying to do here. Postseason? Is that even a realistic
3: goal? Uh, I don't think so. Although maybe postseason contention might be <laughs> realistic. Maybe get yourself on the bubble at some point in the season. But I think it's more reasonable to think yeah, maybe get to five hundred. You no, know, both in terms of the overall, maybe in the Big Twelve record. I think that'll be a little tougher in the Big Twelve than than the overall record. But just uh, you know, show the fight that your fans want to see. Should, uh, play the style of, of ball that the Iowa State fans are used to, and. I've come to know, and T.J. Altselberg, of course, having coached under uh, uh, Fred Hoiberg, kind of knows how that works. So uh, I think if uh, this team just brings some excitement, some energy, and, and a lot of effort to the floor, the fans are going to be pretty satisfied with the season.
0: Yeah, I think this team's going to play some defense, which will uh, certainly be good. I mean, is going to force them to do so. How about, how about stay away from opening night of the Big 12 tournament? Realistic? Asking a lot? Possibly. Of... Okay. Possibly. I think there's a chance. All right. So the fa- fan base can get down there, have a night where they just have a night and then watch the team and well, win or lose, have another night before they, um, well, we'll see. Anyways, let's get to football. This is a big spot in my mind, Dave. I don't think that I've been, you know, over the top with this all week long. That this is a crossroads game, I think, for the season because I'm, you know, I don't know how good this team is. Certainly thought that they were going to be great. Uh, they've beaten Kansas, UNLV, uh, and I, the two teams that they've played that, um, you know, do have a decent roster, haven't gone their way. K-State's been a bugaboo, haven't won there in 04. Uh, both teams coming off a bye. Skylar Thompson used that bye to get healthier. This is a difficult spot. They can absolutely win, but I've got this game as a kind of maybe a season definer. How about that? Too strong?
3: It is in my book. I, I, I try to shy away from having one game define your whole season, at least in, in the moment. Maybe in retrospect when you look back and see you can point to a game and say that was the difference maker. That was the blueprint for the way they succeeded the rest of the season. I think one of the things Matt Campbell has done pretty well is to not let one week affect the next week, win or lose. Uh, you learn something from those games and you move on to the next one and try to you know improve upon your performance. And I I think he does a very good job of that. So I'm Inclined to say, yeah, it's probably not a case where you know this season can snowball if Iowa State loses, especially if it's a close game. And I would expect a close game because it's all, it almost always is with Iowa State and, and Kansas State. So um, I, I don't want to say you're wrong necessarily because you're certainly entitled to your opinion, but I would more than likely say, hey, just uh, let's fall back on our coaching cliches and take it one game at a time and <laughs> see how this one plays out tomorrow.
2: It's going to be an interesting one. One of the few advantages I think Kansas State does have is in special teams. They've been very good there. That's kind of something that Kleiman's always a big part of and how they close the gap between teams that have more talent than them. Special teams, though, we wait on the punter. What's the latest there for Iowa State? And also that kicking game, Mavis has been out there. We know he's got the strong leg. Is he close to getting a full-time gig, or is it still going to be between him and Asali?
3: I think you'll still see them splitting duties and maybe it's a little less defined uh, on distance uh, as uh, it seemed to be early in the season where Mivas was the long-distance guy and Sally was for shorter kicks. But uh, I think we'll see both of those guys uh, attempting uh, field goals because uh, there will probably be more than one in the game tomorrow. And when it comes to punting, uh, yeah, it's uh, hard to say. Cameron Shook I thought did a decent job against Kansas, and luckily for Iowa State, they didn't, you know, have to punt a lot in that game. Uh, I think Shook is probably going to be the first guy out there on the punting team, and there will be punts tomorrow too, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, uh, yeah, you'll see Shook uh, – as a primary punter, this is kind of my gut feeling more than anything, and that Sally and Mevis will uh, share those place-kicking duties.
0: You know, one of the advantages of when the bye week pops up is is, is health and an opportunity for you know, because it's a contact sport as we know and there's always seemingly some nagging stuff that's out there, but I thought I was stating, unless I'm missing something Dave, or forgot someone, went into the bye week relatively healthy did Campbell address that as far as some guys, and if there were some guys that needed some time to uh to to get healthier uh using that to their advantage or were they healthy going into it
3: sounds to me like they were pretty healthy going in uh, and we all know that uh, charlie Kohler had some issues early in the season and he seems to be back uh, near 100 percent if not there all the way Brees hall was banged up late in training camp and it kind of showed the first two weeks really the season with him. but yeah he's obviously back on track and so i don't think uh, injuries are a major major concern there are some guys who are banged up there are some guys who might not be able to go uh, as much as you want Ryan Vance is probably still working his way towards 100 percent, but we've seen him on the field too in the last uh, I think against Kansas and uh, so they're getting back to full health uh, and there's no no real major injuries that stand out in my mind at the moment although I you know I could be misremembering.
2: Off week and here we go Kansas State and Saw uh, highlights of some of the past games, 2015, how they let that one get oh away. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just put a knee to it, and it's game. There's so much scar tissue in the fan base. Last year, mm-hmm. sure, you exercised some demons, 45 nothing. but that K-State team was absolutely devastated. How much does that play into the importance here? Just maybe for the fan base, this disappointing start, 3-2 and two currently, getting a rival, getting Kansas State, probably your biggest Big 12 rival as it pertains to football, and at least getting a little bit of that monkey off the back that they've had in the past against the Wildcats.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, my uh, good friend Brent Bloom liked to refer to uh, Bill Snyder as the vampire, and uh, <laughs> I think the stadium that's now in his name is basically like Dracula's Castle for Iowa State. You walk up there and you just feel creepy. It's like <laughs> something something weird is going to happen uh, when you play these guys. It, it almost always does, and last time uh, Iowa State was down there, it was cold and windy and Brutal conditions, and Iowa State just did not play well. They were basically physically overmatched was the game two weeks before that with a couple of balls uh, that probably should have been pass interference that uh, were not called at the end of the day. And so Iowa State lost on a walk-off touchdown by the Wildcats in that one. And in between there, you had a wild game at Jack Trice Stadium where Iowa State finally got the better of Bill Snyder in his last uh, matchup with the Cyclones. So, yeah, I, something weird is going to happen. I'm not even <laughs> going to try to predict what it is because that's what makes it so weird. You the only thing that's coming. It's just straight out of left field, and you, and you swear there's some sort of supernatural – you know, ghosts on the field that's uh, making things happen.
0: We think that this is the only venue, Bill Snyder Memorial Stadium, or not Memorial Stadium, but Bill Snyder Family Stadium, <laughs> Family. Uh, that, uh, that Campbell hasn't won in yet, so um, perhaps he can check that box off on Saturday night. Dave Sproul, uh, enjoy the call tonight. Big spot for the high school game, Little Cyclones in the Rails of Lincoln. Uh, KASI 1430 has that, and of course the Cyclones play there all season long. Dave, will talk to you next Friday. We don't know the Oklahoma State kickoff yet. Correct time is, as far as we know? We do not. I think we'll learn that on Sunday. Good stuff. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for doing this. Dave Sproul, K A S I, in Ames. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com on the Hawks and Purdue. Boy, Purdue's had some injury stuff crop up, haven't they? Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't know if you're shedding any tears by any means. Well, and uh, there's also been talk of COVID. I heard I saw that Chris too. Felica had mentioned that. Uh, the bear from college that, game I, I day. saw
0: that on one of the Vegas people I followed, that that was maybe Vissen. It. it could have been. Yeah, that there was a um, a rumor anyways. Yeah. We'll co- come back with Tom Caker at Miller & Condon or on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Now back to
1: Miller & Condon on 1460 KXNO and, and on 106.3 FM.
0: All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Take you here until noon, Bama Bob, Klaxons, and our picks, and now we're number two right now. He's Tom at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, before we get into uh, football and basketball, I don't want to run out of time for this. You're very good to us. Let's uh, talk a little bit about what's going on at Hawkeye Report. I know you guys have a pretty decent promotion going on, Tom, so take as much time as you want.
4: Yeah, just real quick. We're doing a a free promotion. Um, sign up as a a subscriber and we're going to give it to you basically for the rest of the football season until Thanksgiving for free. So, um, essentially you're not going to get billed until December. So, um, yeah, just sign up. It's, it's real easy. Uh, if you've got a membership, if you've got a, um, you know, a, a screen name already and just hop right in and. It's real easy. It's going to run until Saturday, so time's running short.
0: Indeed, it is. Tom, um, I want to go back to Friday night after the game, and uh, Jenny Taft has Kirk Ferrance. And he's talking, he's he's pretty emotional, as you know, after a big win like that. One of the things uh, that I really uh, respect the man for, that he's willing to show his emotions the way he does. It's hard not to, after all, right? Um, but yeah. Jenny Taff asked him a question about just the environment. And he mentioned the fact that when the, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, when the lights come on, uh, this place is, is pretty special. So if Gary Barta was going to ask his head coach how he feels about a night game against Minnesota, I'm guessing that uh, the the Ferrance is all in. Is there a chance that'll be a night game? Because I think Kinnick's night is so special, and I'd hate to go a season without it.
4: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think there is a chance. I, I think that if there's going to be a game that they do put in the – a nighttime slot. It's going to be that one. And uh, Kinnick is—it's just different there. Um, You know, Trent can speak to that. He sits in the—you know—I'm up in the press box, so I'm kind of insulated from it. But Trent could probably speak to it better than I can, being mm-hmm. in the stands sometimes. But it's just—it's it, that was as good environment. That was the best environment I've ever seen at Kinnick, mm-hmm. and I've been to a lot of games. It was just crazy. It, that's the first time I felt that new press box kind of rattle a little bit mm-hmm. on the Regani touchdown.
2: Loud moment and the explosion of the excitement there. It was absolutely incredible, as loud as I have heard it. And that new end zone, I think, really helps hold mm-hmm. in the sound. And uh, It felt like everything was down on the north end this year, or at least last week against Penn State. With that, Tom, uh, can we put Ferentz versus Franklin to oh, bed? Please, please,
0: please, please. No, is, no.
2: is there more lingering effects? Oh, Has please. he got another prepared statement? What's going on?
4: I, I think it's going to be in the books now. I don't think uh. Kirk's going to. Kirk said what he's going to say yeah. and he can move on and just, you know, agree to disagree. Uh, I the thing I'll I'll my final point on on this whole thing is uh, me, me thinks that uh he got to protest too much nope. in state <laughs> college.
0: Yep. And I'm I'm not I'm I'm hoping that, that he's there in two years when the rematch happens because they don't see each other next year. I'm not going to talk about Ferris. I think he will be, but I'm not sure if Franklin will. So, uh, you know, an underrated, and we for whatever reason, with everything that went on, I never brought this up with Trent, a Linderbaum um, block. Remember when P- Potterbaum had that fullback dive, <laughs> And, yeah. and, and Linderbaum, I think it was a linebacker, and I don't know why he just carried it out way past the whistle and pancake that dude. Uh, that might have been one of the. Uh, if they're putting together a uh, 2021 highlight reel of uh, Tyler Linderbaum, that's got to be on it. Do you know what I'm referring to, Tom?
4: Yeah, was that the one that Cole Kublik uh, highlighted? Yes. Might have been. Yes. yes, yes. It might. It might have been. Cole's been great about just. Taking a couple of Linderbaum things every game, just putting them out there. So, um, yeah, the Linderbaum for Heisman thing is gaining some steam, boys. <laughs> so it. let's just we'll, we'll see what happens.
2: Might be splitting votes with Tory Taylor. That's the only Eesh. problem they're going to have yeah. uh, with the campaign that continues there. So it's Purdue this week. Jeff Braum has had the number three and one again, uh, straight up and four zero oh against the number. They played well. This Purdue team's better defensively, but you don't seem as concerned. At least listening to your podcast earlier in the week, so. Why don't the boilers concern you as much as maybe somebody like me that's always pessimistic?
4: <laughs> I'm just looking at their scores. they you know what they score against Minnesota, thirteen. Yeah. Illinois, they, you same know, they thing. Didn't score a bunch against Illinois. They they didn't score a bunch against Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's defense is not great this year. I mean, their offense is just. I don't know if they know who their quarterback is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're bouncing between O'Connell and plumber, and then they'll bring Burton in there every once in a while to run the ball. I, I just, they're better defensively, 100% better without Bob Diaco there, former Hawk,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh,
4: who's struggled as a DC. Uh, but, um, yeah, I just, I just don't think they're that good offensively. And, and I think part of it might be that, you know, the Horvath's been out since the UConn game, and that's really hurt them.
0: Yes, absolutely, and he really hurt Iowa last he year. When you go yeah. back to, to to that game, um, Tom, here's my and I'm with you. I think I think the Hawks are just going to roll in this in this football game, but I do expect because Carlaftis is one of the best defensive uh, um, players in the league, right? I mean, for my money, it's him and Hutchinson at the top of that list. I get it. Campbell's a hell of a player too. Um, you know, you go by position, but my point is. He's they have to have a plan. I think they got to give Richmond or whatever tackle he lines up on and I believe it's going to be Richmond. Do they have to provide him with some help cuz this guy I mean he's a disruptor, Tom.
1: Yeah.
4: He really is. He's he's as good as there is not just in the Big 10 but in college football mm-hmm. this year from a defensive and a rush perspective and and you've seen even uh some like almost triple teams against him this year. Um, just out of respect to the guys. So I would suspect we're going to see, um, you know, maybe some two tights or you're going to see Potty bomb in there on some passing downs where he's going to be in there to kind of chip away at him a little bit um, just because they're going to have to bring some help. Uh, otherwise those guys could be, you know, you don't want Spencer to get, uh, uh, get, get walloped, uh, you know, uh, this week. Going into a bye week, you want to keep him as healthy as he can.
0: Potibom, he got. Uh, it looked like he took one right in the chops at the end of that football game. He's okay, Tom.
4: I think there's a lot of guys. on I will tell you what, Iowa can really use that bye week next week. I mean, QB one is banged up a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's a little sore. I know Potibom's been battling stuff for a couple weeks. Um, there's just a lot of guys that uh, are going to be really looking forward to Hmm. that week off next week. And they're just going to grind it out this week.
2: You were talking a little bit about chipping and what they're going to do against Karloftis overall. I think this Purdue defense is better. Uh, Tyler Goodson, who's played well. I I thought when there were holes there, he's done a better job of getting North and South and at least finding a little bit of breathing room. But the pass protection has been a struggle for him here the last couple of weeks. Uh, Anything that you chalk that up to, or is it just a bad stretch?
4: I think it's just a bad stretch. He's generally been okay. He has, it's not, but... he was, he's not as good as, like, Mackay Sargent was terrific <sighs> yes. at it, um, but, um, you know, Tyler's just, he's struggling at making the decision, I think, of where to block, you know, which guy to go after. So um, I, that's something he can clean up, uh, you know, looking at film and, and probably talking to Ladelle Betts a little bit about what he's got to do better there, but He's got to. Um, it's going to have to do that because I, I suspect they're going to bring some pressure at mm-hmm. Petrus this week.
0: Yeah. Hey, Tom. Is there a chance Riley Moss um, with the buy? Is there a chance that he's ready for Wisconsin? What are they saying as far as timeline for him?
4: I think there is. I I'd put it at a coin flip okay. at this point uh, that he would be ready for Wisconsin. But the good news for Iowa is, and, and it's funny because about a week before Moss gets hurt, we talked to Phil Parker and he. Essentially, said he considered Terry Roberts to be like a starter. So mm. uh, there's no drop off there. Um, and um, but I'll, I'll tell you this: what we know about Jeff Brom and, and his passing game, he's going to find one of the corners, and it's probably going to be Roberts, and he's going to go after him over and over and over again. He just that's that's his mo. We saw it in Iowa City that first year when he just kept going after. Of all people, Riley Moss, mm-hmm. and just drove him out of the game at
1: one
2: point. Yeah, yeah, the French receiver that was out there just making plays, <laughs> time in and time out, and find something. Uh, he's Hayden Fry, scratch where it itches, and it was itching yep. in that one. With that, you look forward. This team certainly, the expectations continue to rise. And maybe if Ken's Kentucky Wildcats can do something <laughs> wild this weekend, they become the number one team in the country. But I think about that: the national media, the national narrative that is going to continue to increase if we get to that point, even where it is right now, is that fuel, you know, 2015, it felt like it helped galvanize the team. Is that starting to seep in now that football locker room?
4: Oh, I think so. Yeah. It's, it's funny how the national media works. It's just, it's like, yeah, but they're, it's, it's such a style contest for some of the national folks. They, they're more style over substance and wins. And, and that's, that's all right. I mean, you know, that's just how you view the game, but, um, would it be something if a if Stoops brother helps Iowa get to number <laughs> one? Would that
0: be something? Yeah, it really would. And, you know, but back to that point about the national media, the maybe the biggest detractor in 2015, Cowherd, he's all on board. I mean, he loves the stadium. He loves Iowa this year. So he's come full circle. But there still is to point, there are a lot of those national voices that aren't buying in, yet Colin Cowherd is.
4: Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's uh, you know, Cowherd was kind of leading it, but there's still, you know, there were some national guys who were in the press box on, on yeah. last Saturday night that are still yeah, it's a lot of Iowa, but you know, and if it was, you know, Boise State or somebody who was doing this in exact same manner, they'd be all over it. Oh, the little guy, the little guy, you know, it's just that's it's all narrative.
2: Tom, it was the biggest recruiting weekend for Iowa along with it. They do pick a commitment up uh, running back out of Ohio. But you passed along a story. I'd love to have you share it with our audience here about after the game and a big man from Southeast Polk, Xavier Wampka. We've talked about him, but the other one, the junior in Caden Proctor. uh, Fill us in what happened after the game during the celebration.
4: Yeah, so eventually I made it down to the tunnel area and the players are still coming off the field, so we couldn't go to the back yet. And I'm standing there and I look over and there's, Xavier, Caden Proctor, um saw uh, 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 Kyler Casper was yes. over there with these guys, too. They're all friends. Um, in fact, Kyler and Xavier are really good friends. Um, and uh, I was standing there with, with Kevin Casper, and we're just watching this. I go, look at the looks on these guys' faces. And they're just like, you know, Xavier's taking selfies with people and just smiling ear to ear, and the players all coming over to each of those guys. So Linderbaum's coming off he's all fired up and he sees proctor there and he grabs him, and he says you're coming here <laughs> nice. this is where you need to be and just and caden proctor had a big smile on his face and, and nodded his head yes so um you know it's just it was those guys and, and then those guys all went in the locker room oh, wow. uh, and there's some videos out there some uh you know i think instagram videos and they're all dancing to some song that I don't even know. I had to ask my son what it was. And he, he's like, just leave me alone. You're not going to talk to me about this music. So, um, But they're all dancing in the locker room together with all the Iowa players.
0: I don't know how you couldn't help but get caught up in it. I mean, what an incredible yeah. scene uh, during the game. The game was unbelievable, and after the game, too. Tom, great stuff. Uh, best of luck again. The sale ends on Saturday. Yes, Saturday.
4: So sign up today. Just stop by. It's right on the front page. You click on it, and it's super easy. Thanks, thanks. for uh, letting me pop that.
0: You know, thanks for what you do for us. We'll talk to you next uh, Friday. Thank you, Tom Kakert. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com, Hour 2, coming up next. Bama, Bob, Trent, and I kick it off next.